Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lost Christmas Podcast. Christmas is the theme, and on this podcast, I explore the ins and outs of the holiday. Here you'll find history, folklore, mythology, recipes, stories, and tales from across the globe, and so much more. My name is Jeff, and I absolutely love Christmas. I'm so glad that you're joining today. Each episode has a different topic or two, diving deeply or shallowly into it as I share what I learn about the history of Christmas. At the end of the episode, you'll hear a short summary of the story from The Lost Years of Santa Claus, a book that explores the missing chapters in the life of the person we know as Father Christmas, St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, and by many other names. Each story is broken into two or three parts, so be sure to listen to each episode to hear the whole story. Hey y'all, let's kick off this episode with our movie recommendation, TV show recommendation, and book recommendation for this week. Uh, for our movie, first let's start with Surviving Christmas, a 2004 film from the dark days of Ben Affleck. Um, so in this one, he, without giving too much away, he's a super rich ad exec with no real family to speak of, and he decides to offer the family who lives in his old childhood home some money to include him in the family Christmas. and. Uh, it's certainly not the best Christmas movie, but I think it's often overlooked. It's really funny. I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't the greatest film ever, but again, I think it's I think it's worth a watch if you have, uh, you know, an afternoon when you're folding laundry or something. Throw this one on. I think you'll enjoy it. For a TV show, we're going to go with Step by Step, uh, the ABC show from the 90s, and this is season three, episode 11, a an episode called Christmas Story, and in this one, the parents. So Frank, the dad, is remodeling a a toy store, and uh, long story short, they wind up getting arrested, and uh, Cody comes to save the day with the kids, and anyway, lots of lessons. It's total 90s cheese, and I absolutely love it. I could uh, could not love this one more. I think it's absolutely fantastic, so definitely check this out. I believe Step by Step is streaming on Hulu right now, so definitely check it out. And then for the book, we have the autobiography of Santa Claus. So... This is uh, the first part of a trilogy of books, and I I recommend reading them all. They're all pretty good. Um, The second book is, I believe, um, about Mrs. Claus, and or Mrs. Claus Saves Christmas, I believe. Um, It's, you know, another telling of the Santa Claus story and how he meets all of these people. Really interesting story, really good characters. I think you guys will enjoy it. It is a bit of a long read, but again, I think you guys will really, really enjoy this. So there you have it. movie tv show and book recommendation for you guys and without much further ado let's talk about wassail so what is wassail exactly so wassail is a beverage made from mulled ale curdled cream roasted apples eggs cloves ginger nutmeg and sugar that's the oldest recipe i could find included all of those things now essentially wassail is a a warm drink that's spiced um, traditionally with apples comes from an orchard area Um, so cider and other spices are not uncommon at all in all of these different historical recipes there isn't exactly a single like original foundational recipe that everything grows off of that I've seen I think it was kind of local um, much much like a lot of other mixed drinks and historical drinks like sangria in Spain is different based on the region based on the restaurant based on the home um, everybody makes these these drinks very similar in, in different places, but they all have their own little little tweaks. So, um, so wassail originally comes from the term, uh, the Anglo-Saxon term, and it was a toast, and it was wassail or good health. And the expected the expected response to this was drinkheil or drink well. 
Um, to wassail is to drink to someone's health at Christmas time, especially in a decorated bowl. Um, so there's a story, and it goes something like this. So a Saxon maiden named Rowena, she presented Prince Vortigan a bowl of spiced wine while toasting him, saying, wassail, to your health. And he responded, offering her a drink with Dudinkail, and from the from the same bowl, obviously, and they bed and wed, at least the story goes, and they formed this strong kingdom, had wonderful children, yada yada. So the the legend has this uh, origins at kind of a, a love story, which is really cool to think about. Now, uh, historically, this uh, wassail is usually drunk around Twelfth Night. So if you're not familiar with Twelfth Night, that is Epiphany, and so the the twelve nights being the nights from Christmas to Epiphany, um, when the when the wise men uh, wound up at Jesus, or uh, there, there's lots of uh, different biblical versions depending on what your denomination is. Um, but the the twelve days of Christmas represent this. Uh, this is what it talks about, and the the twelfth night is traditionally when uh, Wassail was was drunk and was celebrated. So let's dive into a little bit of the history of some of these traditions around wassail and um, kind of some of the evolutions where it's where it's gone from its uh, its early days. So if we look back, um, there are wassail bowls. You can find these and uh, there are images online you can see and they're heavily decorated metallic bowls and it was because you would make these enormous batches of wassail and you would let it um, you would let it cook and the spices would mull and it would infuse all of these different flavors and it would get um, and some people would would do this uh, all 12 nights so they would start on christmas and they would build this wassail uh, this apple cider spiced drink and they'd add all of these spices and there would be ingredients like curdled cream or eggs and roasted apples and they would add this unique texture and frothiness to the drink um, and so sometimes they would even call it lamb's wool because the, the pulp of the apples would froth and look a little bit like lamb's wool. Pretty interesting, also kind of gross to me, at least I, I think. So I think wassail, we, we can see it, you kind of can kind of see where wassail is going as far as a drink. Now, as far as a, a cheers to someone's health, well, wassailing traditionally really was a lot of times done in regards to trees and sometimes even to livestock, wishing for fertile lands and for fertility for the animals. Um, so leading, it would lead people to drink and dance around uh, the oldest tree in an orchard and sing and chant and drink and then head home. Um, and even in some places, Romania, I'm looking at you, Romania, they would threaten a tree or discharge empty weapons at the tree, um, beat the trees with sticks, and sometimes I've even heard get in fistfights with trees, um, threatening them so that they'd better, uh, you know, very mafioso hit, hitman style where you're threatening the tree, uh, you know, if you don't produce lots of apples this year, we're going to come back and we're going to cut you down and use you for firewood, uh, so on and so forth. Um, so traditionally, wassail is also celebrated on New Year's Eve, and that, that makes sense, I guess, in a lot of ways, too, at least on the Gregorian calendar. Um, and it's usually at dusk, and the reason for dusk is that it is such a magical time. So, the you know, as we've talked about in tons of episodes on this show, nighttime in winter is the most magical time. The nights are long, the people are indoors, you hear things outside, uh, you remember your loved ones, you... 
Um, the, the snow is falling, it's hazy, it's misty. It's just the perfect time for, for magic, right? For, for the unknown and for the supernatural events. And so Wasail was a way for people to imbibe and go out and celebrate and be festive and do things together even if it's uh, it's it's cold and awful weather. So the days are fuzzy, um, specifically about always when things would happen, but um, it could be Epiphany Eve, could be January 17th, which is 12th night on a different calendar, but, and, and, and more and more dates. I mean, you, this goes into Christmas, so it's not uncommon for, for wassailing to happen at Christmas time also. Uh, not just afterwards, but you could see this all the way leading up to it. So if you've ever had a like a, a mulled wine or a uh, like a, an adult warm cider or even just a regular cider you know just a warm cider they come in little packets or sachets or things like that um, if you ever heated up apple cider or added cloves or cinnamon or spices to it you you kind of have these roots in wassail and especially at Christmas time it's a it's a very festive it has the sense this the smells and the um, aromatic flavors that we associate with with Christmas time the clove the ginger nutmeg cinnamon the, the sugar the the cider uh, it's just honestly all of those things like I'm I'm having flashbacks right now um, just talking about the smells you know, they say the sm smell is the scent strongest tied to memory so when you're mulling when you're mulling the cider or wine or making something on the stove you get these memories and so perhaps that's why so many people have such fond memories in the kitchen and of you know their grandparents or their mother and they look back and you know every time they they smell a certain food or um, they they smell a garden or they a certain type of flower or a pie they get these flashbacks and these memories come back to them and I, I totally totally get that and there I have I have certain memories as well I have um, memories of my sister with um, like baby powder and uh, it's very medicinal and but but those are the the memories that we have and wassail is a big big part of this because we all associate these spices and this like uh, just the whole drink itself and the process and the celebration with Christmas so I, I hope you guys uh, really uh, do kind of dig in and find whatever you know whatever memories this is gonna stir up for you and please feel free to share them uh, send them to me i have appreciated all of the emails you guys are, are so wonderful so I, I just want you to want you to keep sending those emails and the messages on facebook and instagram and twitter it's you guys are overwhelming me with with kindness and i really appreciate it but share some stories of some um some some of your favorite smells and what they remind you of and um whether it's something in the kitchen a pie whether it's a forest or a a garden or whatever uh, shoot them my way and uh, i i will definitely um cherish those and uh remember them with you as much as i can i think that's a that'd be a wonderful thing to for us to share together um now back to wassail it is rumored now i haven't found i've only found one piece of evidence about this so i can't testify that it is 100 accurate but it is rumored that a piece of toast was placed in this decoction and it was kind of soaked. They they would soak the piece of bread, and they would take it out to a tree, and then it was they would place it in the highest boughs of the tree, and then feed the trees, quote unquote, and to thank them for giving apples. And allegedly, this is where toasting someone came from. I've found very conflicting stories about where the, you know, toasting someone comes from, but I find this to be an entertaining and uh, and fun diversion. I guess is the best way to look at it. 
So, so there you have it, guys. Uh, kind of a brief history of Wasail. Um, as far as where Wasail goes, there are so many spiced ciders, and um, you know, you have hot toddies and um, warm buttered rums, which uh, obviously you can see the the spices. You know, you have you have the rum and, and butter or curdled cream and hot water and sugar and cinnamon, and it perfectly makes sense. Um, there, there are countless, countless beverages that you could directly link back to Wasail, and I don't think eggnog is directly related, but in my opinion, you can see the, the process of, there's obviously much more dairy in an eggnog. For those of you that don't know, there are many kinds of eggnog. It's not just one. It doesn't just come in a carton, although the carton is absolutely fine. I have great memories of my mom. She absolutely loves the, the box or carton kind, and I, I, will, I will always have a special place in my heart for it. Um, I have had homemade eggnog, and I've had many different varieties. I appreciate lots of different kinds. I usually don't partake and I don't make them. My, both of my kids are allergic to eggs and so I, I try and avoid that. But but at a Christmas party or at a, you know, a certain family gatherings, I will occasionally have, have a glass and I, I always enjoy. So um, so there we have it, guys. That's the kind of the brief history of Wasail. Get a little bit of a, a legend uh, about Rowena and Prince Vortigan. You get some of the the recipe, I'll give you a recipe, I'll link a couple of recipes for you to make your own wassail. Um, and lastly, I guess I should mention, wassail and mumming are very closely tied together. So if you don't remember mumming, so mumming is a is a British, Welsh in my opinion, more specifically, but, but larger British history and historical activity of, uh, very similar to caroling, where um, sometimes they would... Uh, they would put on a horse's head, um, like a skull, horse skull, and dance around in costume and sing and, and perform and uh, drink and be merry. That's that's more merry lewd, but it comes from mumming, um, and mumming kind of is very closely related to merry lewd. So, uh, so yes, so very very closely tied, and you can see why. Um, wassail is a public and a group activity. It, you don't make a big huge batch of spiced wine or cider for yourself. Uh, though if you do, I'm not here to judge. So, um, yeah. So, so dig in. I'll, I'm going to do some episodes about caroling and more music, probably next season. I don't think I'm going to have time for it this season. But uh, all that said, we have the exciting conclusion to why is Santa Claus described differently all over the world. I hope you guys have enjoyed um, the first couple stories so far in this. And um, without much further ado, let's get into it. Um, so this is part three of Why Santa is Described Differently from the Lost Years of Santa Claus. That night, Chris hardly slept. Unconvinced, Chris went over what he saw in the hazy, splashing reflection in the puddle time and again. Did he really see Grilla's ogreish face? Or was it him imagining things because he was tired, or perhaps because of the strange cheese that Dobkin had insisted they try? Who wants to eat maggot-infested cheese anyway? Why would he want to eat something that he had to cover his eyes and nose to consume so that the maggots wouldn't jump in? Ugh. He pondered upon this question for far longer than any person should have, deciding that he should try and find out more, not about the cheese, but about his situation. Chris decided to try and chat with Karhana again the following day, determined to find that he was mistaken and that this lovely gnomish lady was actually who she claimed to be. 
The next morning, Chris woke to the lovely yeasty smell that had become a sort of cockscrow for him, signaling the new day and time for shaking the sleep off his bones. He cobbled together an acceptable outfit, smoothed out his frazzled hair, and decided not to shave this morning, rather leaving his stubble in an active, rather unenthusiastic defiance. Defiance to whom, you might ask? Well, that was to no one, but Chris felt rebellious nonetheless, so unshaven he went. He snagged a pastry from the bakery across the street and set about moving across town, dodging the remaining puddles and their accompanying splashes on his way. The air was cool and crisp but not unpleasant, and Chris strolled rather than hurrying. It was still rather early, and certainly the hour was too early to call upon his best friend's lady friend unannounced. Taking the circuitous path, Chris carved his way through narrow and broad streets alike, weaving a path in and out of homes and businesses, smiling and enjoying the day that surely would put his mind at ease. About halfway into his too-long journey, a familiar carriage pulled up alongside the human. This time, the curtains upon the windows were open so Chris could see in and Carhana's smiling face next to his. Last night's rain had hidden many of the countless details carved and worked into the wood of her carriage. Nodding to the driver, also now much more visible than the previous evening, Chris noticed that he wore a pin or brooch on his cloak that was incredibly similar to Carhana's own. Tucking this away, he leaned near the car and peered inside, smiling dumbly. Good morning, Chris. I was just on my way to the city center when who should I happen upon but my boyfriend's best friend. Imagine my surprise when it was the only human in the realm. I apologize for last night. I didn't mean to offend or, or exude any rudeness. I believe I was tired, that's all. Please forgive my behavior, she purred, flashing a toothy smile. No offense taken. All part of life's journey, I say. I was actually on my way to speak to you. What a small world. I'd love for us to chat without Dovgim's intrusion. It'd be fun for us to spend some time together, since we do share a very important person now. Chris rambled out, providing his, his own overly toothy smile, hoping his natural charm would cover up his true intentions. Wonderful. I would like that very much. Let's do lunch at your place, then, since I'll be near there already. Perfect. Just come on by. I'll be there and we can go have ourselves a good meal with great company. I'll look forward to it. At that, Chris patted the side of the carriage and turned on his heel, deciding to take the same windy, indirect route he'd taken to get where he currently stood. Il Elamor was a breathtaking city, and while everyone did not always seem to be overly excited to have a human nearby, more often than not he was overwhelmed by the smiles and shining faces. Time passed rather slowly and Chris sauntered up to his room, snagging a pair of chairs from the hallway so as to provide plenty of seating for Carhana and her driver. He hung out Bailar's bag on one wall, straightening the entire room more thoroughly than he had in quite some time, dust bunnies having creeped their way into near infestation levels. A few hours later, Chris was looking out his window and saw the diminutive gnome woman staring at him from the street. He waved and signaled that he would come down to get her. In doing so, Chris insisted that her driver join them upstairs, refusing to see the man left outside again after last night's downpour. The driver again gave a nod to Chris and the three headed upstairs to his room. Carhana's hands were full of a rather bountiful basket of food and Chris's mouth watered as he smelled the various aromas that escaped the woven basket's bounds. The human and gnome exchanged pleasantries while Karhana got the food out, laying things out neatly and orderly, each piece in exactly the place it needed to be. Plates here, bowls there, napkins just so, wooden forks and spoons laid aside. She prepared two plates and walked one over to Chris. While doing this, Chris noticed that her smile was almost, and perhaps it was just his mind being skeptical and untrusting, but it seemed her smile was almost a sneer. He accepted the plate and its accoutrement appreciatively, thanking Karhana multiple times. She wandered behind him and around the room, looking at Chris's trinkets and objects. Finally, directly behind Chris, she stopped and stared for a moment at Bialar's bag of belongings. Chris turned to comment, and before he could utter a word, the gnome snatched the magical bag off its hook, spun and threw the opening directly over Chris and the chair he was sitting in. Taking his food and all, she pulled the bag all the way to the floor and then cinched the top closed. She tossed the seemingly empty bag over to her driver, 
who tilted his head to ever so to one side and leaned and said softly, Ah, uh, your majestic lady, you might want to, um, alter your appearance before leaving. She furrowed her eyebrows, then turned to look in the small reflecting glass that Chris used when shaving. Much to her own surprise, she was back in her ogre form. Large, bulbous, intimidating, but surprisingly not odiferous. Rilla shrugged, then yanked the pen from her driver's cloak, exposing the under-elve beneath his own disguise. Without so much as a word, she promptly flung him straight through Chris's window, sending him flying gracelessly to the city center ground below with a thud. Pinning the silver object to herself, she reassumed her gnomish appearance, then grabbed the bag that had been dropped by the driver and started on her way out the door just as she would any other day, as if nothing had happened whatsoever. Inside, falling through a pocket universe was unlike anything Chris had ever experienced. Ever vigilant, Chris had managed to see the attack coming at the last second and reached out a deft hand. He grabbed hold of the gnomish woman's silver brooch, pulling it with him into the bag. Time passed with incredible slowness, and perhaps it was moving at an incredible pace. Sparkling lights glittered, atmospheric shimmers brightening the edges of his vision, but blackness was pervasive. It seemed to be an endless loop of rainbow colors, sparkling, shimmering in an almost taunting way. After what seemed like hours of slowly falling through nothingness, something cracked Chris on the back of the head and sent him tumbling head over feet. The blackness grew until it was the only thing Chris saw. Then, he saw nothing. Some indeterminate time later, Chris woke on a hard stone floor, rubbing a large bump on the backside of his head, the knot tender and swollen. He peered around the room, as he was now sitting in, and noted all manner of armor, books, scrolls, bubbling concoctions, potions, vials of this and that, as well as his plate of food from the meal with Karhana. Disgusted, but also pleased that he'd been correct, at least insofar as the assumption that Dobgum's lady friend was hiding something, Chris stood woozily and sauntered over to his meal. That's when he noticed the old man sitting in an incredibly well-worn but comfortable-looking chair. A fireplace roared to life at the left of the old man, the embers crackling and popping as the fire burned. Quickly, the old man was on his feet. Clapping his hands together, he squealed, and that's when Chris noticed it. It was another human, the first he'd seen in the non-human realm. If that's where he was, which he couldn't exactly say where he was at the moment. Confused, he looked at the approaching man quizzically. Ah, you're awake! Good man, good man! Chris then noticed that the man had one ear rounded like his own, and one ear sharply pointed, much like the alpha that he'd lived among. Interesting. Yes, 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 finally you've woken. Welcome to my humble home. I hope you'll find it comfortable. So... Chris mumbled as he tried to get his bearings. He noticed there were no walls. None. At all. Nothing lay beyond the walls, as if the room were an arbitrary border. So where is here exactly? I'm, I'm pretty confused, and it seems I've taken a hard spill on top of my being wherever this is. Oh, not good, not good, the old man offered, shaking his head. So you didn't come here on your own? Oh, that's not good. Not at all. How to solve this, how to solve it indeed. I assume you wish to leave my little realm, correct? He inquired, looking intently at Chris with one eye. If here isn't my home, then yes, I want to go home and leave this place, wherever this is. And who are you exactly? Chris looked at the man again, then looked down at his own hand, which still held the gnome's jacket with the subtly shining silver brooch. Catching the eye of the old man, the brooch reflected the light of the fire in almost mirror-like fashion. Hmm, well this is my bag, my realm, my personal realm. It took me many decades to create this place. My name is Bialair, and this is my home. Chris's mouth fell agape. This was supposed to be the long-lost Bialair, the powerful and knowledgeable wizard. How was it possible that he could begin to fathom? He grabbed the brooch and mindlessly shoved it under the front of his shirt, throwing away Karhana's jacket disgustedly. Well, it seems, Bialair, that I'm stuck here for now, and we need to get me home. 
Chris replied dryly, confused and wondering whether he was still asleep. Neat trick, my boy, neat trick. Now come back to yourself and find a seat over by the fire. Let's discuss what happened and how you got here. I haven't had a living visitor in quite a long time. Living? That's reassuring, Chris thought to himself. He strode over to the old man's chair, and he found its twin sitting himself down abruptly, melting into the comfort of the soft fabric. Yes, again, that's a nice trick, but please come back to yourself, boy. I don't need to see whatever it is that you're trying to hide yourself as. I already saw you, you know. I had, a, I had to knock you with my cane to bring you in, so I'm quite sure I saw your true face, your human face. You were asleep for a while. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Chris looked at his hand, then looked just above his hand, some 15 feet away. He, there was a large mirror, and that's when Chris saw it. He did not appear as himself. The reflection showed a giant of a creature, easily standing seven and a half feet tall, broad shoulders, and the skin the color of bricks. Bylair stood and walked over to Chris, then plucked the silver brooch off of Chris's pocket. Ah, there, that's better. You should really learn how to use that better before you try again. Now, where were we? Where were we? Ah, yes, ah, yes, 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 yes. Who are you, and why are you in my bag? So there we have it, everybody. Uh, you can see where Santa Claus is able to change his appearance. Now, there's much more behind this story, and I've left it at a bit of a cliffhanger, so you'll have to come again and hear a different story next week. Uh, next week, we will tackle an entirely new story arc, and we will learn more about Santa Claus and the real history, and hopefully answer some of the questions that you guys have all around the hero and the person we know as Santa Claus. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have had a wonderful, wonderful uh, holiday season so far. We are just past Thanksgiving here in the States. Um, for all of you that are not in the United States, you are well on your way to Christmas. And uh, there are many local holidays. I know Canadians had their Thanksgiving about six weeks ago. I hope everybody is, is doing well, staying healthy and happy. And I, I hope all is well with your families. Please continue to... Um, to, to Send me any messages you might have if you have any questions. I, I just appreciate you guys so much. I hope everybody has a, a wonderful uh, month of November. We're just about at the end, and I'm really looking forward to December. We have a bunch of episodes coming up, and I'm super, super excited to tell you guys some more stories about Santa. So, um, as always, please like and subscribe. Please rate us on whatever podcast network, Apple Podcasts, would be would be ideal. Subscribe on whatever um, service you have. It really, really helps us, and um, ratings are always wonderful. It helps us uh, with the algorithms that they use to, to push um, podcasts to the top. And... Again, I am a very proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. There are some wonderful, wonderful podcasts out there. Um, I'm going to recommend a couple for you guys to check out. Uh, there is Holly Jolly Xmasu, which um, is a podcast all about foreign Christmas music. I think you guys would really, really enjoy it. I will link it in the show notes. And Weird Christmas. I, I absolutely love this. He, um, The host of this just did a, a story competition and... I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. So I'm going to link both of those in the show notes. And they are also very wonderful members of the podcast network. And more importantly, they're just great people, to be honest with you. So, um, uh, yes, and in two weeks, we will have a Christmas giveaway. I'll be giving away a $50 Amazon gift card. So be sure to tune in. I'll have some more clues next week about it. And... Uh, and then in two weeks, I will be giving away the prize. So um, be sure and listen. And as always, like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter and Instagram. And please send me a message if you have any questions or uh, comments. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you all so, so much. And Merry Christmas, y'all.
the seas who to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise.